Well, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for gathering us together this morning. We pray that as we reflect on your word and reflect on who you're calling us to be as your church, Lord, that your spirit would empower us and give us eyes to see, ears to hear, that we would be transformed to be the disciples of Christ you're calling us to be. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it has been great spending the last three months or so working uh, through the book of Romans, but a bit of a gear change, as I said at the start today, as we uh, spend just uh, a few weeks in the lead-up to our annual meeting, uh, thinking about uh, who we are as a church and, and, and uh, what this kind of crazy new world that we live in means for us. Of course, uh, a lot has changed, hasn't it, in this year of 2020. Uh, the last time, uh, uh, b- before we got back to, to, together, back in the middle of March uh, this year, you know, we had heaps of people in here and we weren't too worried about uh, distancing and now if you've got a sniffle, you can't come to church. Uh, uh, the, for the first time perhaps ever in this uh, church's history of uh, some hundred years, uh, no gatherings here during, uh, uh, the, on a Sunday uh, as we come back, uh, we've come back with all these weird bits of tape on the, on the pews and uh, kids kind of uh, out there while we meet in here and uh, there's all sorts of differences about life in this kind of post-COVID world. I read an article the other day that said that it's likely that there'll be no dancing in Tasmania for 12 months I think you can dance in your bedroom by yourself, but if you go to a dancing venue, uh, not allowed. It's good. That's good for the rest of the world that they don't have to watch me dance. Uh, But on a more serious note, what about our friends and family who don't live in Tasmania? We've got no idea when we're going to see each other again, do we? I've got uh, a large extended family on Elisa's side living in Melbourne. And, And it's kind of who knows when we're going to uh, see each other in person again. The need to be kind of vaguely au fait with the latest technology sort of like became a whole lot more important uh, in the last six months. And the thoughts of that quick getaway to uh, Bali or or the Pacific or somewhere nice, uh, well, that's kind of, that's a dead dream. 2020. 21, maybe, towards the end of next year, maybe we'll, we'll start having overseas travel. Who, who knows? It's a strange world, an unimaginable world just in March. And yet it's the world we find ourselves in. And so I thought that begged the question, given so much has changed, what does that mean for who God is calling us to be? You've seen it on those banners uh, uh, for the last few weeks and even while we were watching online that we believe God has called us to be a church for Lindisfarne making disciples of Jesus and and you've heard us express that as our desire to help you no matter where you're at to take your next step with Jesus. But what does that mean in a COVID or post-COVID world? And I thought we'd take these three weeks as we led let up to the annual meeting to think of those, those three things. A church for Lindisfarne, making disciples of Jesus, 
helping you take your next step with Jesus. And we'll just think about those things, uh, reflect on them from the scriptures uh, and kind of try and apply them to us in this new world in which we live. Well, a church for Lindisfarne. Often I'll tell someone that I go for the Sydney Swans. I'm less likely to tell them that this year, but uh, in previous years, very likely. I'm a fair-weather fan, it has to be said. But uh, when I say I go for Sydney, what does that kind of conjure up in your mind? It it conjures up that, uh, for whatever reason, I kind of identify myself with that team uh, I, I want the best for that team. I'm kind of invested in the, in the leadership of that team, uh, in, the, in, in the quality of its list. Uh, I want it to succeed. Uh, and, and as they succeed, I share in their joy. Um, uh, if they win the grand final, I'm very happy. Uh, and when they're down near the bottom of the ladder, wasting money on a player they spent too much on 10 years ago, I get very sad and and upset and angry and I think they should sack the coach. And I, I, I'm sort of kind of all in with this. I, I, I'm for them. I want their success. And I guess that's, that's the same kind of meaning we have when we say that we are a church for Lindisfarne. That is, we are a church that we believe exists for the good of this community in which we find ourselves. We're a church that has been here for more than 100 years, part of this community. And we're a church that we hope will be here until the Lord Jesus returns, whenever that may be. We are a part of the fabric of uh, this part of the eastern shore. And that's part of uh, what it means for us to be a church for Lindsay. That is, we're just part of of the fabric. But on a deeper level... It means that we're for this place. We, we want to make a positive contribution to this place. The former Archbishop of Canterbury, William Temple, in the 1940s said, and you'll probably have heard me quote him before, the church is the only institution that exists primarily, primarily for the benefit of those who are not its members. The church is the only institution that exists primarily for the benefit of those who are not its members. You see, so that makes us different. We're different to the Lindisfarne or Beltana Bowls Club down the road who who exists to create a a really nice bowling green for its members to enjoy and to play more bowls on. We don't exist for, uh, for ourselves, but we are a missionary society for the world around us. We've been sent by Jesus on mission to our community, to, our, to, to Lindisfarne and, and the sort of surrounding suburbs that make up this parish of ours, to be a blessing. And in fact, God's people being for the, the places in which they live, a, a blessing to their communities is actually a really key idea of the scriptures. We see it in Genesis, our first reading today that Claire read to us, Genesis 12, 1 to 3, when God calls Abraham to to be the father of nations. And, And for what purpose? 
so that he will be blessed and, verse 2, you will be a blessing. When God calls Abraham, calls a people for himself uh, to live in the world, he calls them to be a blessing. All peoples, verse 3, on earth will be blessed through you. And as the story of God's people unfolds, we see that. We see it kind of very immediately in Genesis uh, where Joseph ultimately uh, ends up in Egypt. God gives him a dream. Uh, God gives him the ability to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. Uh, He finds himself in a key position of leadership in Egypt uh, and he's able to be a blessing, not only to Egypt in in, in getting them through famine, but to the nations around uh, Egypt who come for the grain, which they've wisely stored up, knowing that the great uh, drought and famine was coming. But eventually we see uh, Israel itself, as, a, as, they, as they leave Egypt, they, uh, they grow into a, a great kingdom in Israel, they too become a blessing to the nations around them, to the people who live there. And so in 1 Kings 10, kind of the high point of the, the kingdom of Israel, uh, the queen of Sheba comes to, to visit Solomon. And she comes and she says... Let me just read parts of chapter 10 to you. When the Queen of Sheba uh, heard about the fame of Solomon and his relationship to the Lord, she came to test Solomon with hard questions. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true, but I did not believe these things until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half what was told to me in wisdom and wealth you have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy your people must be. How happy your officials who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Praise be to the Lord your God who has delighted in you and placed you on the throne of Israel because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel. He has made you a king to maintain justice and righteousness. The blessed people of God living under uh, the reign of God's king. And then, verse 13, King Solomon gave the Queen of Sheba all she desired and asked for besides what he had given, out, given her out of his royal bounty and she left and returned with her, her people to her own country. We see, don't we? Uh, God's people uh, in, living in great blessing and, and able, again, to, to bless those who come uh, and experience what it is that God is doing there. He calls them to be a blessing. They, be, they grow into a blessing. In fact, even in their exile, they continue to be instructed by God to be a blessing to the people whom they live amongst. So, in Jeremiah when uh, uh, God is talking to uh, the people after they've been exiled, he says this. Uh, uh, They're they're living in exile under King Nebuchadnezzar and uh, God tells the people, this is what the Lord God Almighty, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, Marry and have sons and daughters. 
Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there and do not decrease. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. His instruction, work for the good of the city in which you live so that it will prosper and you too will prosper. Be a, be a people of blessing in the place God has put you. And the idea carries too into the New Testament. We've seen in Romans, haven't we, about how uh, Jesus brings to us as individuals the great blessing of removing God's wrath from us and making us God's children. And we're called, uh, having experienced that grace, to, 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 to shine that blessing out. The second reading from Matthew that Claire read to us today about being the salt, and light, salt of the earth and light of the world. You are the salt of the earth, Matthew 5.13, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? You are the light of the world, verse 14. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We're called to, to, to live out this uh, kingdom values to, to, to do good deeds uh, in our community so that people see it. And we see here the point, don't we, of, of why we're called to be a church for somewhere, to be a blessing to the places in which we live, so that your Father in heaven may be glorified. And the New Testament continues to unpack what it is to, to live as the salt and light of the world. And in chapter 13 of Hebrews uh, the, the writer there gives us some instructions. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to ho show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. And then at the end of that chapter, he says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. As God's people living in the world and the communities in which God has placed us, we're called not to be self-focused, but to be focused on doing good to others for God's glory to shine his light into our dark world. Now, what's kind of interesting is from uh, the call of Abraham, uh, depending on who you are, perhaps some 6,000 years ago or so, uh, to uh, the, the writer of the book of Hebrews some 2,000 years ago, uh, uh, to where we find ourselves today. So what I'm, I'm saying is through many eras and extreme amounts of change over thousands of years, the message has stayed the same, that God's people are called to be a blessing to the world. The Bible is clear. And though our lives have changed dramatically in the last six months, 
I think probably in comparison to the world in which Abraham lived in, to the world in which you and I find ourselves, the change that we've experienced in the last six months is nothing in comparison to the changes that occurred in the, in the years from Abraham to Jesus, let alone from Jesus to us at the start of 2020, let alone to us at the end of 2020. The message remains the same. God's people called to be a blessing to those whom they live amongst. And of course, we've seen it hinted at there, haven't we, that the, the primary me- method of, of blessing is through disciple-making. But, we, but, but because that's primary, we've got a whole week on that next week. But there are other ways that we mustn't forget about as well, in, in doing good for others, in sharing with others, in, in looking after the strangers, in showing hospitality, as it talks about in Hebrews. And so I just want to finish by thinking about what it looks like for us to be for Linda's farm today. And of course, I think it works on two levels. For us to be a church for Linda's farm requires us to think about what that looks like corporately uh, as the gathered community of God's people and as individuals in our lives that we live as God's people scattered about through these places. What does it look like for us to be for Lindisfarne, to be known as a people who seek the good of this community and who want to bless it? I I think probably we have a a little bit more work to do in that space. We, we, We do do some things which is good. So we've been able to give, uh, you know, in recent times, uh, money to things like the Show Hope campaign, to, to look after the, those who had nothing as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. We've got um, people who serve uh, in different uh, ways uh, in things like the Little Shop, which is a space for, for, of community gathering. We've got these food baskets here. Uh, that people donate uh, extra food for, for the Salvation Army to, get, to give away. But I wonder what else it looks like. I wonder if you might put your hearts and minds and prayers to the task of, of thinking about corporately what it looks like for us, especially in this new world that we find ourselves post-COVID to be a blessing. Because I think the great danger for all of us, as we face crisis and uncertainty, is a retreat inwards. But God's people are called to constantly seek the good of others, die to self and seek the good of others, even in a coronavirus pandemic. So what does it look like for us to continue to do that in more corporate and gathered ways? And then what does it look like for you as the individual that you are to do this in the places where you find yourself? Things like helping your neighbours out, joining community groups, supporting local businesses, advocating for good causes, being a person of 
deep and regular prayer. I don't know what it is for you, but what is it that God is calling you to do as an individual to, to, to bless those people around you whom God has placed? Sharing your story of faith. For the truth is that no matter how good we do as a collective body, the real change and transformation happens when we go out in ones and twos and begin to individually impact the lives of our neighbours and friends and family with the good news that Jesus has transformed us and will bring transformation to them too. We are a church for Lindisfarne. We exist for their good, not for our own. And none of that changes because of this virus that we are facing. I hope and pray that as we continue to grow and change and move forward together as a church, God will continue to show us and give us wisdom to figure out how we can continue to bless our community and that he'll show you and we'll have stories to share from this lectern about how you're being a blessing to those around us.